Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez here with my co-host Brad Binkley and our favorite live guest for our weekly update on the battle to take back the steel. Hey, Brad. Hey, Garland. Garland Favorito, guest of honor. How are you? Monica, thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm tired, but hanging in there. (laughs) So what have you been up to? Well, uh, so we got a couple updates on the lawsuit this week. Um, the, we filed our motion to unseal the ballots, um, which we really didn't have to do because the judge already, we've already shown the judge he has the authority to do that. We're just giving him the motion say, hey, all you got to do is sign it. Um, so uh, that's, uh, that w- went down, and we've got another hearing scheduled for March the 11th, which is a little bit um uh, disturbing to me. That's kind of far out. Fulton County had a couple of conflicts and they pushed out a little bit longer. Um, so uh, that would should be to hear to motions to unseal, motions to compel. Everything should be held um, at that time uh, in Fulton's objections. And I would think possibly not at that hearing, but shortly thereafter, I would think that the judge would rule on on those motions. And then prior to that hearing, I think he can rule on the open records request. Although since that time, we found that Fulton has violated a couple more of our the last two requests that we had in the court. So don't know what we can do about those right at the moment. But that's Can you first. explain that? Yeah, uh, two things. Well, one is um, the ones that we, they have not ruled on, um, I had a series of, of open records requests. One was about the vote spike, the interim results, um, and uh, that one came up in court. Uh, they never did anything on that one whatsoever. Then the other one was um, for the other open records request was for the ballots, which is what the, our main issue is. Um, that's two of them. And then I filed, and was, when they responded, I filed two more requests. One was for meeting minutes. Um, which they said uh, they said didn't uh, was not approved yet, and we proved that that was false. And then I requested what I thought was most important, which was the hand count audit tally sheets from the from the audit. So we want to go back and check all of those and see if they really in fact add up to what the um, published results were. So they gave me something that had nothing to do with that. Uh, they gave me a, you know, put them all on a, a little memory stick for me. I went down there and picked them up. I thought that was really, really nice of them to do that. And then I get it home, and it has, there's not one thing on that memory stick that had anything to do with what I requested. And so this is the same thing that's happened over and over. Uh, they keep giving us different information or finding some reason not to fulfill the request. The other ballot uh, request that came in from one of our other plaintiffs uh, which was um, uh, the attorney through through Kellen Jeffers, that one, uh, they just gave them a completely different election. It had nothing to do with the November 3rd election. So, <laughs> so it's like, how can this be happening by accident? You know, is this intentional or what? So It seems like they're, I mean, when I see stuff like that, I often think that it's a function of um, maybe it's a psyop, maybe there's an agenda there, but this just seems like a kick the can cover up operation from the 
get-go. I mean, it's not getting press. It's not like they're doing it for the audience. As a matter of fact, I saw your notification that they have stopped comments, that the public isn't even allowed to comment on this stuff anymore. Well, that was an interesting development this week. So this is the second time that Brad is, uh, Raffensperger has done this, and he's the only secretary uh, since I've been going to meetings for 15 years that has not allowed public comments in the beginning of the meeting. Now, the excuse is that there were a lot of cases on the agenda and they needed to cut that out. Okay, that's, you know, there were a lot of cases on the agenda. I don't think anybody can, can dispute that. Uh, a lot of these onesie twosie cases, of course, they're not investigating the real issues, which are the opinion voting systems and all the potentially uh, counterfeit ballots that sworn affidavits and witnesses ha- have, have uh, attested to. So, but they have all these uh, hundreds of onesie twosie cases that I call call them, where somebody might have not you know voted in the wrong. Uh, uh, county or something like that. So um, anyway, they uh, but they did eliminate the public comments, and I wrote back and said, "Well, who, who made that decision?" And of course, they didn't reply. So I knew who that was. Uh, that was you know, the lady's boss. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So that was uh, you know, normally you can get a lot of public comments on the record. One of the, one of the good things, probably about the only good thing about the state election board meetings is that you can get a lot of public comments on the meeting and you can get them in front of the county elections directors. So I've had many county elections directors tell me, oh, yeah, I know you from, I appreciate your comments, uh, you know, or even if they didn't agree with them, uh, or if, you know, at least it gives them a different perspective than the uh, Kool-Aid that they're getting from the state office. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is all right out of the simple sabotage manual from the OSS, which predated the CIA back in the 1940s. You read through it and you see that everything you're talking about, give them the wrong documents, uh, mess with them, slow it down, put maybe put sand in somebody's gas tank, jam a fax machine. I mean, all kind of stuff. It sounds like they're doing to you. Oh, uh, yeah. I, lo- I love the reference to the OSS. So many people don't know about the OSS preceding the CIA. So, yeah, absolutely. So where is uh, the I was looking on Lindell's site for the video he did with you and I did not see that. Has that not been posted yet? Correct. There's quite a few videos have not been out yet. And I'm sure they're working on other series. Um, You know, we have an 80 minute segment uh, series on Georgia. You probably have not seen that. uh, the Jovan Pulitzer's technology yet. I know he did a video for probably an equal number uh, of minutes. All of those people in Michigan have their own separate full segments. Uh, Melissa Caron and Patrick Kolbeck and um, you know all, all those folks. Um, they have an amazing lawsuit up there. It's just, I think, equally as strong as theirs, if not stronger. Um, See, and then, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Shiva has this amazing story that he tells uh, uh, and it, that that has not aired in its in uh, his individual story. So there's lots of lots more stuff to come. Well, I did I did go back and watch that first two hour video that he pushed out at the urging of you know when we got together last time, and I'm. I think I need kind of a, a tech expert to help me understand a couple of leaps that were in that absolute proof stuff. See, I'm much more convinced by the kind of lawsuits that you are doing and what I think comes out of Detroit. And I think, 
you know, there's a little bit of a red flag for me when the focus is all the the experts that he had on in that first two hours were all the military guys and um, national security analysts, or at least that's the the what they were referring themselves as, referring to themselves as, and that. They really want us to focus on the fact that they were using like buzzwords like cyber attacks, cyber war all around China. And when I looked at those pages, I actually was with somebody who knows a little bit about bot attacks anyway. And though bot attacks are just constant. You're, you're constantly, I mean, I have like a few websites and I'm, I get probably 10. One of the websites, thepropreport.com, has a lot of bot security on it, but my other websites don't. I hardly ever use them, but I get, probably a dozen or two bot attacks that actually penetrate all the way through to my email every single day. So when I looked at that, especially with my friend, um, the origin IP addresses, which may be in China or other countries, they don't necessarily mean that the person whose computers, whose desk that computer is on is the person using that computer to launch a bot attack. So they're, they're a zombie computer. So we see cyber attacks that came from Denver, like a hospital system, Houston hospital system. That's not really somebody in the hospital. And like, it could be somebody doing Wi-Fi from the lobby. Like it could, it could be from the hospital, but it could just be a hijacked computer. So I would want to dig into that. I would want to see like how it's unusual. And then the other thing was the, the destination IP addresses. I want to see that as like proof positive that it's from an election computer and then and then the last column was just like Trump votes change you know I, that was a big leap for me and I also think it's important to ask where I was Mary Fanning I think got that information so she was saying that there were people inside the government who were real patriots and working towards this and that is also a flag to me because I feel like some of the stuff that's been distracting us has been stuff that's kind of Q, QAnon oriented. And that, when you dig deep, that's what they say, that they're saying there are people in the military inside who are working, fighting the good fight. And I just, I need more. And that's why I wanted your video and the video of the people who are filing these kind of suits. Like we are looking for tallies. We have eyewitness. I don't want to disparage. Lindell, like I actually, he seems very authentic to me. I'm glad he has the courage to keep this going, but the tech stuff I'm worried about. Yeah. So, uh, the, first of all, the judges obviously feel the same way that you do, Monica, because the, the hard concrete uh, evidence, like you said, like our case and the case in Michigan are the ones that are, are alive and, and most of the other ones are, are, have passed away. So uh, I think that your perspective is the same perspective of most of the judges. Who Yikes. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. They, they may not want to go down as many rabbit holes, but so, but anyway, um, so I just think more likely it's the Democrats than the Chinese. Well, well, uh, actually, it's pro- it's probably someone. It's uh, I, I think a lot of the attacks come from uh, voting system vendor employees who have sold out for a very given party or not. But but going back to your point, which is very valid, um, what. There, there, there is not absolute proof in what you saw from Mary that votes flipped. There is uh, absolute proof, assuming that this is a. It, it does it in all. I've seen the whole list, and it's it's quite amazing. So, um, and it does appear to be a, a valid 
Homeland Security document. It must have come out of Homeland Security, I, I would think, because it's very comprehensive. And uh, and and you, I think you're you're right about the, the vote flip thing. So let's go back and focus on the um, the connections. So I, if you had asked me three months ago, um, was there foreign interference uh, into any of the county service in Georgia? I would have told you, no, I don't think so. I haven't seen it. What I saw was all of this incredible, uh, these, you know, to and from source and target IP addresses from various foreign entities into specific county uh, IP addresses in, in Georgia counties and most of the major counties, which was, uh, was amazed me. And we do know to corroborate that, that there are certain counties in Georgia that have these bizarre connections um, to uh, various Chinese technology that they've implemented at the various elections offices, which do, in fact, uh, are smart enough to talk to uh, overseas, to China Net and that sort of thing. So the other thing that we've learned here locally outside of that video is that the election management servers do have wireless connections. And they, uh, you know, the president of Dominion indicates that that they don't have that, but it's in the manual and uh, it's pretty obvious. In fact, I think that um, that segment is in Mike Lindell's uh, video. Um, The attorney from Michigan brought that up. I believe it's I believe he's got some evidence uh, to prove that they have found that that's true. So we do have some corroborating evidence of local uh, stuff that corroborates the the um, uh, what Mary Fanning showed in this Homeland Security document. So I was quite amazed with the contacts um, that uh, the connections, the IP address connections uh, that I was not I did not aware I was not aware existed. But to your point, uh, it, it's it's absolute proof of foreign connections. It's not necessarily absolute proof of vote flipping. But is it? Jeez, um, oh, what happened there? Yeah. So uh, let me just say one last thing. There, there is corroborating evidence, not in that video of of the Dominion systems flipping votes in in both Georgia and Michigan. Now, when I say the system, I'm talking about it could be the um, uh, there could be various reasons for this. There could be um, a what we call a ballot definition mismatch. There could be a, um, a precinct configuration mismatch with this with the election server, or it could be malware. So there are some legitimate. Uh, there is legitimate evidence that uh, of, of vote flipping. However, it's not necessarily on that particular video, as you're pointing out, Monica. Uh, I mean, on that on that particular Homeland Security. Yeah, I would also. Yeah, I would see. also want to see. How many, how many uh, total results there could have been? Was that pulled from a larger document? Right. So here's what I'm guessing that they did. I haven't walked through. Uh, I need to walk through that with Mary. In fact, I was scheduled to do that, and uh, I ended up not being able to. I didn't contact her at the appropriate time when she was available. So uh, that was my bad. Uh, but I need to walk through that with her. But what I think they have done so far is to compare the um, the the source and target interactions with the spike timeline uh, so when the vote spikes changed 
And I think they have some corroborating evidence um, to show that when those interactions occurred, that was when the vote spikes flipped, and that that changed the results. Um, the the one other uh, thing there in it, uh, in Michigan is that they deleted the audit trails in Michigan. They know that it happened. I think at eleven o three on the November the fifth, I believe, and they do have a an interaction right into Antrim County when that happened, which came from overseas. So those kinds of things uh, they have. Um, which are pretty, pretty uh, convincing. So, yeah, I just I think the way I would want to look at it is to say, um, you know, what? So if bots, I, I Googled real quick, 20 percent of all Internet traffic is bots, bot attacks. So wow. if they if she said she had terabytes of information. So you can say, wow, it's amazing what volume of bot attacks there were from China to this election system. But it's quite possible that that every single IP address gets attacked constantly. So. Anyway, they're just some details I'd want to know. And that's why I really I was looking for the specific people like you. And I'm still looking forward to that. But and the other thing that was in that the upshot there that I think is something that we should watch out for is the very last guy in that video was saying how there's so much corruption inside the FBI that they're not actually investigating this. And I feel like there's this uh, Russia installed Trump. China installed Biden. There's a parallel. And then the left is looking into the military to find domestic terrorism, to find Oath Keepers. And now the right is trying to look into the FBI to see kind of deep state um, Obama holdovers. So I'm very cautious when I see, you know, balanced dialectics like that. Like that makes me want to really be scrupulous about the evidence. And but you, everything that you've got, that's the stuff where I think the rubber hits the road. So... Well, thanks, Monica. And also, uh, Michigan, uh, I mentioned that before, but Michigan has concrete evidence very similar to us. Absolutely, yes. And, yes. and, and, uh, and they have uh, also a lot more Dominion voting system uh, uh, information. So they, those yes. two states are really, really, I think, concrete. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I'm f- focusing. I, I should pay more attention to that one. I only pay attention to you. Have you seen the Michigan video on Gateway Pundit? Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, I don't. I haven't been able to keep up with that. I'm familiar with a lot of Michigan, uh, what's going on, but I don't know that what Gateway Pundit has has published recently. Uh, okay. So, and also the the last national host who had you on was um, Lou Dobbs, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. And then he uh, got removed. Uh, that, that was unbelievable. Um, I his cannot, last words on the air were see you next, you know, see you tomorrow or see you next week. So I yeah. think he was just cut off at the knees, just kind of like we were. I mean, I was given yeah. a last chance to say goodbye, but that was it. It was like, whatever you said, <laughs> that's the end of that. So Lou Dobbs, I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's uh, I was quite amazed that Fox News would be willing to give up their number one show. I mean, this is Lou's show was bigger than Fox News. It was, uh, if I recall, uh, he was on Fox Business. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that they would want to give that up uh, is just beyond belief to me. So um, 
of course, you know, because of the, what he was covering, which was the election integrity, the same thing you're covering, right. his, his show just skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it, it's, uh, it, it was kind of like, you know, Tucker uh, Carlson was skyrocketing for a while. And then he, you know, he kind of went in the tubes when he um, started to go, go away from what really interests people. Yeah. So, uh, so I found that bizarre. I don't feel that any or particularly a news organization like Fox News would should be worried about um, Dominion lawsuits. Uh, I mean, basically, right. uh, Dominion, I, I, I don't think uh, is I don't see how they could possibly go through with that because it opens the door to discovery. And Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. and Sidney Powell would have a field day with discovery if they knew what to look for. And I, I would assume that they do. Um, uh, you've got not only the Smartmatic connections, but you've got all the intellectual property that they acquired from, from Diebold. Uh, and, and, and if you want to go all the way back, Diebold, uh, which when it was global election systems, the largest shareholder there who wrote part of the software uh, was uh, indicted on 22, 23 counts of fraud and embezzlement. And so this is what they acquired with intellectual property. Um, so, I, I mean, there's all sorts of things that they could do if Debo really are gonna, wanna, was going to see them. I just can't imagine them, the, the company voting system going through with that because uh, you know, they would just be tied up in, in discovery for years with court, you know, uh, and uh, it would not look yeah. good for them. I, I think the worry for me with that is that if Rudy Giuliani is like a Trojan horse of sorts and Erlen Wood and they go in there and they get these lawsuits and they don't do the proper discovery and they don't reveal those things and, and they lose the lawsuit and then they have this lawsuit now as precedent that they can apply to individual citizens and free speech. I, I hope that's, that's not the case, point. but that's just. Uh, but in, very, even if they just lost, it would make point. it. It would seem to vindicate the winner. If you don't yeah. fight the good fight, and like I didn't like, yeah. I guess they went back and forth a little bit with the uh, second impeachment this week. I thought at no point should the Republicans <laughs> stipulate that there was an insurrection, and they did go back and forth a little bit on it. But one of their defenses was Trump didn't start the insurrection. They'd already it had already started. And I was like, no, no, no. There was no insurrection. So once they stipulate right. that stuff, and I agree, if you're talking about Giuliani or somebody who may have a CYA or a hidden agenda at work, it's not actually going to to it's gonna have a it's gonna backfire. And a lot of this stuff I think is meant to backfire, but I really don't like it when they focus everybody on looking for insiders in the deep state or having a war with China when this is an election integrity issue. You don't have to answer the question who till you answer the question what happened. Well, exactly, and you and you don't wanna give the uh, opposite you don't want to keep arguing the and playing defense all the time yeah. against what they're saying. They're saying it's an insurrection, you know, and then you don't want to actually say that, you know, it is. And then, uh, you know, I see, uh, you know, Fox News does this a lot. They'll, 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 they'll bring up all of the opposite side points and then argue uh, about how, how nutty they are. <laughs> and it's like, why don't you just go ahead and do something, you know, important that the people want to see? Like, Let's talk about the election fraud that happened in 
Michigan or Georgia or Pennsylvania or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. Do, do your own, make your own offensive attack instead of playing defense all the time. I remember when they took Glenn Beck down, he was literally educating people on Woodrow Wilson and the CFR and stuff. It was the craziest thing. And Obama was like, get rid of that guy. And he was their number one show. And he had to take the carrot because I'm sure there was a stick. But he then he just, even though he has so many listeners, so many followers, it really neutralizes people when you're off the mainstream media because they then you're only contacting and connecting with people in your uh, in your silo. But I, I agree with you on Fox and it's CNN obviously is the same and it's it's they don't do any work whatsoever. I was watching. I don't know if it was like O'Brien or something. I don't know these people on CNN at all, but my husband had it on and it was um a woman talking about how the Oath Keepers was established in 2016 and was a purely Trump phenomenon, which is absolutely wrong. Because I was talking about the Oath Keepers when a um, a veteran who used to listen to me on WSB told me about it. It was a 2009 phenomenon. It was an Obama phenomenon, which may have been reacting to Obama. I'm not saying that exonerates the, but I, I think it used to be at least seemed legit. But anyway, I'm just saying they give false information on these news outlets and no one ever calls them on it. And if you're doing it on Fox, you're destroying any chance of having, if you're like, oh, well, the right, if the right is saying there was an insurrection, there was definitely an insurrection. I totally agree. It's not good. Yeah, my, my guess is that Lou uh, wanted to continue election integrity reports and Fox didn't want to. I think that's what, that's where it came down to is my, um, that would be my yeah. speculation. They probably couldn't trust him not to do it. He could say whatever he wants. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a live would. show. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) But I know, I don't know if you can still hear Binkley, but I know you had some questions that you wanted to bring up. Uh, But let's see. Can we just pull up some of these questions? Uh, What is the next step in Arizona? Are you familiar with what's going on in Arizona? Yeah, I'm I'm not. I am not. I haven't been able to keep up. Kurt, sorry about that. Um, I'm trying to get in up to speed, but we're, I'm so focused in Georgia. I was following Arizona for a little bit, but I, with the results that came in the other day, I, I'm, I'm not familiar, haven't been able to stay up on it. I agree with Kurt right here. There is plenty of evidence of the kind Garland is working on of fraud in the Georgia election and other states, including Virginia and New Hampshire, right. without needing to go down the cyber rabbit hole. I totally agree. And you can do the cyber rabbit hole when you have plenty of time after you've established that in these ways that are literally paper, people can look at it. That is very compelling because if I could sit there with somebody who's familiar with bot attacks and e-commerce and stuff and we were like, mm, I don't know, then, I mean, the paper ballots are very compelling. But Binkley, didn't you have a handful of questions that were submitted to you for Garland? Well, a comment and one and a question from my my brother who's been listening, and I I believe he's become a fan of yours, Garland. Seems like to me, and he called to tell me that there were some more people that called into WSB who were the callers were talking about the the evidence that they they've they've learned about, and they were talking about Mike Lindell and Eric Erickson. Then hung up on them as well, and he said that. Eric Erickson said that Mike Lindell is cra- as crazy as Nancy Pelosi, and so is Sidney Powell, and so is Rudy Giuliani. And the question that uh, my brother had was that 
he wants to know, and I don't know if this is uh, an area of focus of yours, but he wants to know if there is election fraud and Trump won, are the executive orders that Biden signed legal? I'm not sure what the answer is. I think probably still. Do you guys know any have any opinions on that? Well, I think they're legal until something is done about the fact that the wrong guy won. Yeah, uh, I think that's the and that's the you know, they have to go go through the legal me- mechanisms to undo the election, which would be an historic thing uh, to to do. So, but I appreciate your brother bringing that up about Eric. I think it's funny because I, I we were going to play uh, play a little more games with him this past week, and then we heard that he didn't want to talk about election uh, integrity anymore. So uh, I think that was that's kind of. Uh, Kind of funny, but in regards to Mike Lindell, I, did, I spent the weekend with the guy. He's he's an incredible patriot, um, and uh, you know he's willing to put his own money and time uh, in, in in what what he believes in, and he's getting you know viciously attacked for it. They're trying to destroy his business, and every time they do that, he he makes more money. So uh, you know people buy more of my pillows. So uh, so he, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna. It's. I, I just think it's kind of cool the way it's working. But I mean, the guy is a true patriot. Um, just, uh, it was a wonderful weekend I spent with the, a whole bunch of people up there, and uh, they're all just uh, fabulous human beings. So, and they're not absolutely not crazy. I've seen the most rock solid evidence, more evidence than I had in, envisioned uh, that actually existed. So um, that's. Uh, Basically, Eric Erickson is lying again. You know, it's, that's the bottom line. And he's going to have to, he's going to, people are finding that out and he's going to end up, his rating is going to keep going down. He does. Uh, can, can the new Fulton DA disrupt this process, Garland? Ken wants to know. Um, she can't disrupt our lawsuit, but she has gone, if y'all know, she's gone down this, this, uh, I'll call it a rabbit hole of trying to make something out of the call that the, that uh, Trump and Raffensperger had, which I think Trump should have never done that to begin with. But that's a different story. So um, she's trying to make that into some kind of a criminal um, uh, exercise. So uh, I, it's that's a totally political lawsuit. So the first time you get a new DA in Fulton County and you think that they're going to clean up stuff from the last one, yeah, and then she goes down that uh, totally political, um, you know, uh, the rabbit hole. So that's pretty disgusting, really. Um, you know, there's so many things that she could do uh, that would help all of us who live in Fulton County, and she's chosen not to do that. I wanted to know if Fernando, I think Fernando actually had some on Arizona. I know he's there. Garland, there seems to be crickets in the Arizona Senate since there was a Senate Republican turncoat against arresting the Maricopa board. Why is it so quiet? But you don't know. Maybe Fernando will know. Fernando says the votes in Arizona don't even count. So (laughs) move on. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish I could comment on that, Kerb. I just I'm not able to do that right now at this time. Maybe next week I'll have to bone up on that if I ever get some time. So uh, let's see if there are any other questions here. Binkley, did you have any more? Should I just try to go through these comments and see what we got? Go through the comments. I might have uh, another here in a minute. Yeah, I have a good friend uh, in Arizona who's an election integrity guy, and and we didn't hook up this week. 
he called me and I didn't get back with him. I tried to call him back. We played phone tag. Otherwise, I would know what's going on out there. But I for, so I'll have that information for Kurt next week. Okay. Uh, let's see. I felt like I had other stuff. Aw, ism well, can't. Trying to black pill people. Can I do a quick poll? Even if every example of fraud is proven, will anything change? I don't know. I mean, they're really, they're really trying to, they're really trying to suppress the information. So obviously they think it has power. You know, they're trying to dilute it. They're trying to kick the can. They're not cooperating with you. So I think they feel like people's opinion. Anyway, so what's the next step? Did I miss this? What is your uh, next, what's happening next for you, Garland? Yeah, so in the lawsuit, the next step would be the March 11th hearing. Um, and hopefully I will in on the OR stuff before then. However, our next step is immediately we decided on our call uh, Saturday to put some heat on the Georgia legislature. So what we want to do is, and I think you'll get a kick out of this one. We want to, uh, we want to get the legislature on board with doing the two things that they're supposed to be doing. And one is they should have, uh, requested, instructed the counties to do forensics on their, or allow independent forensic investigations of Dominion systems the systems that they have in place, particularly in the problem counties. And they, we asked them to join us, and we've all decided to join in the um, uh, petition to the federal grand jury that Judge Nally has already put uh, in front of the grand jury, or at least tried to get there. And we're asking our members to join in uh, and this is a petition to the federal grand jury to investigate election fraud in the 2020 election here in Georgia and also nationally. Uh, we're in most interested in Georgia. But that petition is uh, what was submitted to the federal grand jury and the clerk of the grand jury did not give it to the foreman. It was addressed to the foreman in, a, in an inner envelope. And she sent that to, over to the clerk of the U.S. District Court and they sent it back to Judge Nally. So uh, he is going to uh, take more action next week, and we want to uh, have some folks over. I've already joined in, quite, you know, maybe a dozen of our folks have joined in to that lawsuit. And if anybody's listening that wants to, they can go to voterj.org legal tab. There's a form you fill out. You'd like to be included in the petition which to for the investigation, and then you email that to him uh, to really today or by noon tomorrow. Um, and you will be uh, added to the list of petitioners. Oh, that would be um, great. Yeah. And this is for people who are Georgia voters, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, actually, you don't even have to be a Georgia voter. You can actually be out of state to join that position because it is a federal grand jury petition. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. What's so, the link uh, again? Uh, VoterGA.org. Um, legal tab on the legal tab slash okay. legal legal dash action. Okay, legal action under menu, I see it. Yeah, and that has the the original petition Judge Nally filed. It has the uh, form that you can fill out uh, to add there, and it has a blistering letter that we're sending to the Georgia uh, legislature, uh, basically saying that, you know, you can't fix problems until you investigate what the problem really was to begin with. Yeah. 
and you guys were the ones who created this problem to you know to start mm-hmm. off with. So so we are, and we outlined some of the key evidence points, and you in that bullet you can see it. Uh, the fact that the, you know, the Dominion systems didn't tabulate correctly, the fact that we have the uh, evidence of that vote swap in Ware County. We we mentioned the four sworn affidavits by uh, poll managers, 20-year poll managers said they actually handle fraudulent balance in the, in the recount and the audit. In the audit. Yeah. So, That's what so, people don't realize. They cite the recounts and the audit as being proof positive, but... It wasn't. It uncovered exactly what it was meant to uncover. Well, well, right. I mean, the, all we did was count those uh, counterfeit ballots again. At least that's what they look looks like to us. Right. So Ken wanted to know if going back to paper ballots is even conceivable. And I know that is what is in that. I think it's H.R. 1, the federal bill, Democracy Now! or whatever, Save Our Democracy bill. Everything in that I hate except mm. for the return to paper ballots. So I just assume mm. that in the final hour, if that thing ever passes, they'll just take that out. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point. You know, of course, I'm more interested saving the republic instead of the democracy but but totally uh, agree yes <laughs> yeah if we just restored the bill of rights you don't really need to vote yeah there you go pretty much the voting has <laughs> been done we all agree liberty <laughs> so nick says if digital vote switching occurred would you just need to adjust to just recount the paper ballots minus the counterfeits with another non-dominion machine and compare the counts to digital counts i don't well, what, so. yeah, you, how does it work? You, you would hand count it. Uh, the, the best way to verify if a machine counted correctly is to hand count the ballots and then and then produce the results. You would uh, hand uh, count the thing that the ballot printed, that the uh, machine printed? That's the best yes, you can do, right? Yes, and that's what they were going to do, and that's what they did do in, in November. But the problem with that was is when they originally counted the ballots, I think we talked about this, they didn't have a Republican and Democrat at each table, and they didn't uh, uh, have anybody monitoring the upload point, which is probably why they're not giving us these hand count audit tally sheets. And then this, the, the, the results went into the Secretary of State system, not into the county system. So the counties didn't have any any published results for their own their own audit. They had nothing. And they said, just ask the Secretary of State. Well, well the Secretary of State didn't conduct the audit. You did. You know, the counties did. So. Um, and so the chain of custody was broken, and they had all sorts of – those were the three of the uh, major problems that they had with the audit. And there was – yeah, I think there was one There was one question I missed. I think we – oh, hand-marked paper ballots. Yeah, yeah, will it ever but, come back? Yeah. So so the, here's, here's what could easily be done. Well, you know, there's a couple things there, which is that's a really good question. Um, yeah, we could do hand-marked paper ballots. It wouldn't be that hard. They might have to make a couple of adjustments. They're trying to lock that down so we can't do that, you know, legislatively. Um, so, but the way that could work uh, and work effectively is that, you know, basically you could just mark the ballots by hand. You don't need all these machines that could, uh, the ballot marking devices. So um, that we could just mark the ballot by hand. The the ballot could be printed on demand in the precinct. So the elections officials don't want to preprint all this paper. Uh, so, I, OK, I don't blame them for that. Um, so we'll just say, OK, you just have an on demand ballot printer, uh, maybe one or two in each precinct. That's still cheaper than 10 or 20 ballot marking devices at three or four thousand a pop. 
So that's the way to do it. That satisfies the elections officials. It satisfies the public who want in handmark paper ballots. It cuts costs for the taxpayers. It is just a common sense solution. And the legislature and the Secretary of State, Ravensburger, absolutely refused to even look at that as a possible alternative when we raised it as one of the valid, the valid things that, that, that they should be doing. Carl Raffensperger, yeah, Raffensperger, I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw him. He, he just, everything about him screams he's like an inside job to me. Anyway. Well, Carla says, what does Garland think of the Georgia Senate recommendations for election reform led by Georgia GOP party chairman Schaefer? Well, I, I mean, I think David has is sincere and he's done uh, as good a job as he could possibly do under the circumstances. Uh, he's been a supporter of, of election integrity for years. Um, but the problem, and I haven't read them, so I don't want to comment too much. What our argument is, if you can't fix something until you investigate what was wrong. So, so what was, you know, we got to investigate the ballots. We, the Senate should be uh, on board for getting access to the ballots. They should be helping us. They collect, they collected the evidence. They had the hearings. Senator Ligon had the hearings. It was, they were good. We got the evidence, but now the full body is sitting on that evidence as well as the House committee evidence and they're not uh, calling for uh, Dominion uh, forensics and on the machines, and they're not doing anything about trying to get us access to ballots or, get, or even get themselves access to ballots so they can look at them, you know, real ballots. So you have to do those two things before you can pretend to solve uh, the, the problem. Uh, you have to, you know, you've got to investigate the problem first, and they're, they're not doing that. So that's my issue um, against that right now at the moment. Uh, Nick says, how do you prove a fake of vote injection? If the person is registered to vote but didn't actually submit the vote, the ballot is legitimate and was filed, was filled in properly. How would you know? I think a lot of that got, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't so, know unless somebody actually mailed it in first and then went to vote in person. So here, here's what, uh, and we haven't mentioned this in a couple of weeks, but here, so here's why the people, the poll managers believe that they handled counterfeit ballots. Three reasons. One is they were mail-in ballots, but they were not creased from being mailed, so they weren't actually mailed in. The second one was they were not they were not written with a uh, pen or a pencil. They were actually uh, appeared to have been copied, but you know, using some kind of toner or something like that. And then the third thing is the ballot stock didn't seem to jive with the other ballot stock. So those are the three reasons why it appeared that they were uh, counterfeit ballots. Now, what's the put stock? Oh, the the paper paper? stock. Yeah, Yeah. the paper the paper stock. There was certain there were two kinds of paper stock used. uh, One from Runbeck in Arizona, and then another one you know that some counties used locally. Uh, And if the it has so it has to be one of those two paper stocks to be a legitimate ballot. So uh, none of that um, took place. You know, those th- those things are missing. So therefore, we could determine that it's a counterfeit ballot, uh, regardless of who may or may not have voted it. That's interesting. It seems almost like inspecting a, a, a fake dollar. You know, when they look at your dollar, when you give them a hundred somewhere and it, it's different paper or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And when when the, when the counties, uh, the poll managers found out about this, 
nobody wanted to do anything. I mean, they brought it to the attention of the fallen election officials in November 14 when they conducted the audit. And uh, basically, the election officials told the monitors to get away from the tables. I was there that day. I was there that day. Have you had? Did you have any more interviews in this past week? Or have you had any more instances of people saying or publications saying they quoted you or they talked to you and they actually didn't talk to you? I've, I've been trying to kind of keep up with that since we found that one last weekend. Yeah, the lead story thing. That was that's the second time they have lied. So so here's what may or may not have happened there. Um, I got to thinking about it, and I think. What they might have done is they might have called me up and not identified themselves as being investigating lead story <laughs> fact check. Yeah. And they might have just asked a question. Uh, so so because they said they had interviewed me. It's like, no, you know, nobody from lead stories ever interviewed me. Some uh, some guy. You know, which shows you right away they don't have a legitimate agenda. They yeah. weren't real. They weren't looking for the truth. They weren't looking for the facts. They were looking to create a lie to deceive their uh, uh, their readers. So, um, and there were several other things that were wrong with that piece. In fact, we could even show it again if you want to, Ben. I'll walk through it with you. But they said I was the leader of a pro-Trump organization, ah. which I thought that was yeah. kind of interesting because I never, I didn't even vote for Trump. Right. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, and and I have actually been arguing for the last 15 years, mostly for progressives who I, you know, I believe were cheated at the, at the ballot box, just like, you know, Trump was cheated. So, um, or at least appears to be. So, uh, you know, that was bogus. And there were two or three other things in that lead story lead in the, just, just the lead in paragraph that were uh, false. Yeah. They misframed the whole thing and they didn't actually debunk anything. They tried to use your own words to debunk to debunk what you had been working on, but they didn't actually debunk anything. They just said it was false, kind of like Snopes does. Yeah, they were trying to debunk. Uh, they were they were trying to debunk other parts of the story, which were actually not correct. But then they tried to say they did, they tried to debunk or they tried to claim that the vote flip was false, and that's that's nobody has proven that that's false for sure. Uh, did Georgia sign the same contract with Dominion that DuPage County did, which requires the customer to use any legal means to fight disclosure? I haven't heard this before. Wow. Now, this is a knowledgeable listener. Ha! Very, it, few, very few people know that that's happened. Uh, so DuPage County is in Illinois. And it, yes, uh, that's what... That's what they did in Illinois. Um, I don't know that that same clause is in the Georgia contract. Now, see, the Georgia contract is uh, a series of documents. It's not just one document. It's got appendices and everything. So um, it, it's I we're still looking through all the appendices to see if that's there. Um, but what we do know is that um, CNN 
I, I'm sorry. I was, I was reading the comments. Sorry. I know no, I did. Yeah. She didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> I'm super sorry. I'm sorry. 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 No, I, I get interested in these questions. I know. They're, and it's hard to flipping, cycle through and listen and turn back. They're, I'm sorry. They're, they're, it's they're an art. And I'm trying to talk and read at the same time. And they're all so. calling us boomers over there. So we're not helping our case at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the contract has got many, many pieces. And so, and we're trying to find the, if, if, there, if it does in fact have the same piece that the DuPage County uh, has. But what we do know is what I was going to say, Fulton County blamed Dominion for not disclosing uh, various ballot images and that sort of thing and other stuff. This is in the Curling v. Raffensperger case, which is still in federal court. And by the way, to go back to the question about the Hamlock paper ballots, that is, I have a feeling that Judge Totenberg is going to rule uh, uh, in favor uh, of of the plaintiffs in that case, and that might send us back to Hamlock paper ballots. So that that case is still active and alive as well. It's a third case, um, although not directly related to the to the uh, November and January elections. So that would that could kick us back to Hamlock paper ballots as well. So this says that GOP reform calls for ending no excuse absentee ballots, requiring ID for requesting absentee ballot and for uh, something absentee ballot ending dry yeah, ending drop boxes would be good. You you don't have any problem with no excuse absentee ballots, right? Because that is that's just another big repository of paper ballots that are much easier to I mean, as long as you get the details right on how they're yeah. submitted. Right. So, so what they, what they're saying there is that FC ballots have fraud. So we're just gonna uh, we're gonna minimize the amount of fraud that we have, but we're still gonna allow it to occur. So, so my my our suggestion is, and I'm you know, happy to talk about these again since it's going to be a hot topic for the next week or two. But our suggestion on absentee ballots was to force the counties by legislatively to to include all of their absentee ballots in their initial count up until election day. So when they first publish their results, it includes all the absentee ballots except for what they got on election day, which they need another day to process, and that's fair. So that would eliminate uh, them hoarding all these absentee ballots, throwing them in a week later, and then changing the count and and uh, and stuffing stuff in the ballot box. So that, to me, is the way to prevent fraud, and you don't have to infringe on the people's right to um, you know to vote by absentee. So that's in a true libertarian type format. I think you would appreciate my comment. Yes. So 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 the other uh, the other issue is the drop boxes. Uh, same kind of thing. Obviously, drop boxes have fraud. I think we were talking about David Hancock last week, and he had a uh, fifteen thousand. Uh, dollars they wanted to, for the video for the Dropbox, and it took them two months to get it. So obviously the the video didn't do any good, and Dropboxes you know are subject to to fraud and 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 in addition to that, it's an equal protection violation. Yeah, you know, so you can't have Dropboxes in one county and not in the other. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, I mean it's like this is you know it's crazy stuff. This is something that Brad Ravensburger was trying to do. So here's a solution for that one. Our solution was. Let the voter, for convenience, take it, take their ballot to the post office. They all know where their post office is. They don't know where a drop box is. The, uh, 
postal clerk can check the ID like they would for any other transaction that they might have, financial transaction and so on. And then there you got, you already have the cameras there. Uh, and and yes, it's a federal facility for receiving federally protected mail. Uh, uh, yeah. And, it has and, all the laws in place already. And you can pay the post office a few bucks to keep them in business. You know, so, yeah, right. And, Good and, point. And, and, but instead, you know, the Secretary of State wants to throw taxpayer payer money down the drain, installing drop boxes, and then they were going to have all this uh, – cameras and stuff and all the logistics and all this thing. And by the way, maybe it wasn't taxpayer money. It was apparently Zuckerberg money. Oh my gosh. It's this, it's this like soft of fascism where the corporations aren't just benefiting from the government. They're really replacing it. And then there's no transparency or accountability. I mean, that is a real problem. I don't like outsourcing of any kind. I'm an anarcho capitalist. I don't think the government should be responsible for all this stuff, but when the government is incapable of actually executing its mandates and then has to sub sublet it to other people or, or whatever, subcontract it out. That's a big red flag that people should see. That means the government is not the best person to do this. And when you do that, at least when you have the government do the stuff that it's mandated to do, you can follow the money. And if some guy is skimming off the top and then you find that he had a gold toilet seat or an extra house in Hawaii, you can go after the guy. But when you outsource this stuff to these private enterprises, those guys can absolutely in these really corrupted, a lot of times bidding processes, we saw that in Georgia, at least really fishy, then those private entities can get rich. And they're just like, I'm just doing the American way. I'm providing, you know, it's a competitive process and I don't believe it. So the whole thing is a mess. And I would go back and say uh, that you said something earlier should not have sloughed over, which is uh, you'd rather restore the republic than the democracy. <laughs> Actually, the fact that this stuff is so important, federal elections of presidents should not be very important. If we restored, first and foremost, the 10th Amendment, if we restored the 10th Amendment, there would be almost no power at the federal level at all, much less at the presidential level. And of course, Executive orders are um, totally extra constitutional. There's no place for it in the Constitution. It's legislation by the executive branch, totally out of line. But every single one of the Bill of Rights actually had a question over the weekend. One of the patrons patrons asked, you said every single one of the Bill of Rights is being violated every day or currently. And it's true. I did a little thing on a patron only feature where we do Q&As. But if the if the Constitution were followed, it wouldn't really matter who the executive was. Uh, you know, that's so right. That's so right, Monica. And then also, you have to mention my favorite, most secret amendment is the, the Ninth Amendment. It kind of goes hand in hand with the Tenth. Yes. Now, the, the Ninth Amendment, normally I'm out of my station, so I don't have my Constitution <laughs> handy. There's probably Constitution within arm's reach. Yeah. But the so the Ninth says anything that isn't. Wait. The, nine, the tenth says anything that isn't isn't expressly mandated to the federal government or denied the states goes to the states. That's the tenth. Right. What is the ninth one? That this it, is it, not an exhaustive list of it, of well, rights. This yeah, is this is right. just a, an itemized list, but all other rights are are reserved by the people. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, you got one for the states, one for the people. The federal government is on the bottom. So they're not right. on the bottom anymore. Now they're on the top. So as we know, uh, back in and the 18th, 
It's gotten to the point where everything seems to be even the legitimate so-called legitimate functions of government have been outsourced to where now you have mercenaries. So you can't even look into the behavior of soldiers. You have private security is going to emerge in these kind of third worlding of America with gated communities. You're going to have the same thing with socialized medicine. Only the really rich people are going to have that just like it's already true for education. I feel like Varsity Blues was targeting the private schools that middle America could still maybe access because of the generosity of the upper classes whose kids can't make it into Harvard or whatever. So it seems to me that there is this fascism that's just descending over the land. That's just a two-way street. And Binkley's brought up so much of the World Economic Forum stuff that it's they just it, they are completely out now with their plans. But you know, if we they obviously care what we think, or they wouldn't be fighting so hard to suppress your you know what you're pursuing, the information you're pursuing. Exactly. They're scared of us. Okay, I've got this a couple thing more. feels like the Great Reset. Like it started before the election, and the election was part of it. It's starting to seem like that with Zuckerberg and the Facebook money and all these other big tech companies having so much – exercising so much control over the election system. That article last week that we talked about on the show that was like the secret conspiracy cabal that got together to save democracy. It's great that they, they colluded yeah, with the big yeah. tech things. It's just – it's a great reset. Yeah, they, they yeah they admitted it basically. The, uh, don't be a dog's body says something I find very interesting. Uh, we should be living in groups small enough for everyone to know everyone else's business and hold them accountable. I totally agree with that. The government, as it is, the Constitution did not scale properly to the amount of people who are now represented by this tiny handful of haha so-called representatives, easily corruptible. And that if we could keep an eye on each other, I think it's like as many Christmas cards as you send is how many or, you know something like that like I sent 125 Christmas cards it's just that's how many people you can hold in your head or you really know you can know about 100 people or something like that I think it's a great idea we are really moving towards a change in uh, I think we're a bifurcation of society and I think yeah. I think you know it's intentional that's why when I, I was a little bit skeptical about the Lindell video because it's definitely you know it is intentionally polarizing in my opinion but it doesn't mean that it's not based on something very real and that we should try to kick this can and defend the constitution You're never going to get anything better than that in as far as the eye can see and speaking of the Christmas cards thank you very much I really I enjoyed that oh. Christmas card because my son, I don't know if I told you that my son, Binkley, you must have got one too. My son who has Down syndrome, I told him to get a white shirt. So the other kids, I said, wear blue. And they came down with their college shirts and everything. He comes down, the only white shirt I guess he had was vote for Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. And because he has Down syndrome, it's just so perfect. So yeah. it was just so perfect for 2020. So I figured you would enjoy yeah. that, Garland. Yeah. That's good. I did. The only trouble was I had so much mail and I hadn't looked at it. I stacked up for a while and I had trouble finding it. Well, there you go. A little, a little yeah. Christmas cheer. And you are so festive in your Valentine's red uh, shirt, Garland. Well, well, this was my actually my Christmas uh, shirt, but Christmas passed by and I didn't get a chance to I know. wear it because I was doing election integrity stuff every day, 24-7. So I decided I'd pull this out for Valentine's Day today. 
Yes, it's perfect. We really appreciate it. And uh, nothing could even Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, nothing will keep us from our appointed rounds as uh, yeah, as keeping people informed. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So that's it, I think, right? I think there's a good point here. Um, everything goes in cycles that we, I, and Monica, what you said about, uh, society kind of fracturing off. I think we're seeing like a digital version of, you know, hunters and gatherers, tribes, groups of 50, groups of a hundred people in these subscribe, like the, the paid subscription platforms, I, I think are going to be more and more of a thing because there's more protection from people shutting them down when you have that. And then it'll just be people in their silos or their, their tribes, so to speak, all over the internet, the, the digital uh, communities. That is that will be a problem, though, if we can't keep an eye on those who are controlling the backbones there. You know, I just I'm worried. I'm worried about the whole damn thing. But you know what? I feel like all we can really do, as my mother says, if God wanted you to be doing something different, he'd let you know. He would let you know. So I feel like whatever I got the gift of Gab, you are obviously have a perseverance and focus, Garland. Binkley brings so much of the deeper dive research to keep us posted on what those guys are up to. I wish there were a way, I don't think there is, where we could make a gift of a Rockfin subscription to Garland. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just do it. Maybe just pony up. Well, you've already uh, given me the headset and the mic, right? That was, that yeah. Was <laughs> well, we need your voice well now you've got clearer clearer than it's ever been before yeah it's great (laughs) you want to tell that call to action one more time uh, if people want to go sign up to help um the the lawsuit the petition yeah thanks Binkley. i appreciate that um and uh, we will uh basically just go out to voterj.org and uh you can sign a little form it's just a name and address thing and you can join the uh the effort to have a criminal investigation of election fraud in this uh, presidential election. So uh, voterj.org, it's uh, the legal tab, and the documents are there, and then the letter. Uh, we'd love for you to distribute that letter to uh, your representatives, or we'll be working on blasting that to the legislature this next week. Uh, we've gotten some funds to get some uh, significant yes. software, some wow. software. Well, uh, while you all are there, please donate. There's a donut, donut. There's a donate. <laughs> there's a donut tab. There's, there's a donate. There is a donate tab on voterga.org. Is there not? There there's is. a way. There's there a way. is. Yeah. And we, uh, we've gotten some, you know, some generous contributions and that's helped us a lot to, uh, to cover it. I would just to, to serve, just to process serve, right? If like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollar bill, just for that, that's not attorney fees. You know, oh a, thousand, a thousand, a thousand bucks for a transcript. You know, it's, the expenses are great, but we've been able to reserve a little bit um, um, to uh, on, on. And this was through the Constitution Party, but we we're able to deserve a little bit over there through their donations, and they're going to uh, contribute by by getting some new software and blasting out. Uh, so, so that we can do these blasts and stuff. So, um, and we thank everybody and, 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 uh, thank Rocky for his contribution. And then, uh, you know, so many people have contributed and I haven't been able to personally thank them, but I just wanted to tell everybody that we really appreciate it. Uh, and I apologize for if we have not, you know, given you a personal thank you. 
This is the last question. No news on the Senate election contest. Ossoff is not my senator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the so they, 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 there is a the, the Senate election contest is in. Uh, so there is some news. Uh, they have um, some of the counties have objected. Uh, some of the defendants have not responded. And uh, I understand that they are filing a motion to, for default judgment uh, against the people who have not filed yet. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Of course, I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, hopefully, once this all breaks, we'll be able to really discuss this in more detail in, in the coming weeks. They still have not actually announced it, even though it was filed in time within five days of the certification of the of the election results for the you know, that occurred in January 5th, which I think they certified those on the 15th, somewhere around that, that time. All right. On that note, will we see you next weekend, Garland? Sure. Absolutely. You, you put the time in place. We have to do this to keep things. Yeah. We got to keep people informed and they have to know that you're not giving up. The fight is not over. And, uh, I just, we're going to hold their feet to the fire. They can take Lou Dobbs down, but they can't take us down. <laughs> That's right. Sure, Lou Dobbs will be starting a podcast before. We... Hey, maybe he'll come on the show. That would be awesome. There's room on the screen. There's room on the screen. I get to invite him on, 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 on my show here with you so, instead of vice versa, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for watching and uh, listening. And if you didn't hear the whole thing, we're going to put it in the Propaganda Report feed. And we'll be back next week, as always. Thank you, everyone. Okay. See you later. Thanks, See you guys. Thanks, Pinkley.